recognition, reception, response, action that's appropriate in handling your word today. We don't want to be just people here who say, that's sounding good, but then forget it before we've had lunch. We want your word to live in our hearts, to change us, to transform us, to set us free, to make us more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Welcome again and happy Father's Day. Let me just make a mention here. On the topic of Father's Day, we as Christians here, we, we sing a song, You're a Good, Good Father at times. Anybody know that song? I know who I am because I belong to you. You're a good, good father. Well, you know, not everybody has had an experience of an earthly father, which was good. That's a painful thing. Others are fathers, but realize that they haven't necessarily also done a very good job, perhaps. And we, we, we're not getting at you today. We understand the hurt and failure of life. Um, I'm going to be talking about fathers in the light of the scripture teaching about fathers. Uh, and this is a huge, a high ideal. In fact, I would have to say, I think only Christians empowered by the grace and the Spirit of God can even begin to get towards what Scripture tells us to be as fathers. One of the great letters of Paul in the New Testament is a letter to the Ephesians and uh, the, the, the church at Ephesus. And the Ephesians is commonly thought of as the letter about the church. And that's, that's one of the main threads, but it's not the only thread that runs through this letter of Paul. Another is fatherhood. Mostly that God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is our Father through faith in Jesus. Then, uh, it's about our parenting. And it's got a parallel in a book to Colossae, the Colossians. Let me point to just three stitches in this thread. Of Ephesians. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family, God's whole family, but also every family, every bit of parenting, every bit of fathering that goes on in the world comes from God, in whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. One, There is one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Then towards the end of the chapter, practical instructions. Children, obey your parents and the Lord. Every all the parents are going, yeah, 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 yeah. For this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. But then, having spoken to children, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Don't irritate them, aggravate them. But bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. All parenting, all fatherhood, motherhood too, comes from God's design because God made human beings to be his children. God is father to all his family, all who are particularly his children through faith in Jesus. And from the beginning, all family, all parenting, all childhood and childbearing was designed by God. God was father, though, before the world was made. He was the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the father of all humanity. He made Adam and Eve as his children. But since we were lost to him through our rebellion, we became his children, we become his children again. And the scripture speaks both of being born again of the Spirit and of our being adopted. Both those things are different uh, parallel truths. Through faith in Jesus and the reconciliation that God has made for us in Christ. Every parent, every father exists because God is Father. He made us in this way in his image too. But that image of fathering, of parenting, is also spoiled in us 
because we are ruined humans. His image is spoiled in us because we rebelled against him. But we can come to him and be helped to live both as his children, members of his family, and also learn from him to be parents to our children that he intends us to be. What's the point of parenting? It's raising another generation. Here's where we can't speak about God. God's not raising another generation in a sense, but we are born and we live and we die. This side of the final completion of the kingdom of God, that is what life is. You know? You may have a hope of never dying. Well, God bless you in that, but that's depending on Jesus coming. You know, we don't know the day or hour of that. There's a day for every one of us, with those exceptions, on which we will die. And our time will end, even if the age doesn't end and the kingdom doesn't come. So what is the most meaningful, significant thing that we can do in this life? Getting all the wealth you can. Do you know what God calls people who do that? Fools. Love God? Yes. Love, sp love a spouse? Yes. Love people? Yes. Yes to all of those. But also this, raise another faithful generation. There are tremendous promises in the scripture about our children, about God blessing generations. We need to fight for them and pray for them and work for them. To leave behind people who will live at least as well as we did. I'm not talking about economically. I'm talking about character, values, principles of life. And even exceed us because we've trained them well enough. Only what we leave in others is our real heritage. And what they have received from us as instruction and example is a real inheritance. Now to move on to some practical advice based on Scripture. Let me quote a famous verse of Scripture, which was at the end of that little video earlier. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs is a book filled of, 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 of practical, God-centered, God-filled wisdom. And here's one example of it. Train. Train. First of all, how do you train someone? You take responsibility for them. You take responsibility for their progress and for their outcome. You don't blame them. You accept responsibility. It's up to me how they do. It's up to me how they get on. It's down to me whether they get it, whether they learn it. Having children is a biological function, of course. It may be anticipated, intentioned, welcome with joy, or it may not be. Being a biological parent doesn't earn you any medals. How you raise that child is where the medals are won. To take responsibility means you do not expect someone else to do what you need to do. You accept what belongs to you, and you act within that. Being a father, a parent, changes <coughs> over time. But it never stops. All of our children now are in their 30s. But we're still mum and dad. And at times we, we, we're there to help them. We have a lifelong responsibility towards our children. How it's shown, how it works, changes over time. As a child moves from infancy to primary and then secondary education through their teens into adulthood, 
But a father is responsible for his family until that is no longer necessary or no longer possible, due to perhaps to advanced age, illness, of course, also death. The most important bit of training is being an example. Ways and works speak louder than words. That's one of the things behind that, do not provoke your children to wrath. The thing that's most likely to provoke children to being bitter and resentful is when a parent is telling them one thing but doing something else. Because that's so frustrating. But, 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 but and no, don't, don't talk back to me. I'm an, own, I'm an adult, you know. Being told by one thing by someone who does something else is very frustrating. The parallel letter of Colossians. Paul says, children, again, obey your parents in all things. This is pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke, exasperate your children, lest they become discouraged, which is simply to lose heart. Do as I say, not as I do, is an admission of hypocrisy. The word hypocrite comes from the Greek. It means the actor who puts the face on. And the problem is this. We can wear masks. We've been having to wear masks for over a year now, haven't we? All right. We can wear masks all sorts of places, but they come off at home. Our family see us with our masks, whether literal or, you know, acting ones off. They see us for who we are and what we are. Being an example really matters. So exhort and encourage your children, but also be an example to them. Children need parents to show them how to be mature adults. How they should turn out. How they should be when they get to be your age. We're providing nurture. Raise a child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now people are different and children will be different to you in some ways. You want them to be your clone. They're not your clone. They're your child. For one thing, their DNA is a mix of their mothers and fathers. So there's a mixture there. The skill of parenting and what our Heavenly Father does for every one of us is he gives us unique skills, unique gifts. He makes us different from other people. We have to figure out what we are and what we can do in life. And we need to discern that in our child, you know. Not figure, not what, from the moment they're born, decree over them what career they're going to have. You know, unless it's prophetic, and even then, you could be wrong. They are our child, but not our clone. They may not be good at all that you're good at. They will be better at some things than you are, good, you are, you are at those things. That's the wisdom and grace of God towards them. Don't push them into your mold, please. I'm not saying you shouldn't have boundaries. Training a child in the way they should go must have clear instructions, signposts, warnings, boundaries. But boundaries are about character and behavior, not aptitudes and abilities. Not career-defining things, character-defining things. Set appropriate but firm boundaries for children, but demonstrate to them that you also live a disciplined, self-controlled, orderly life, hopefully led by the Spirit of God. Nurture who they are, what they have, but seek above academic or career success to influence their character. What kind of person are they becoming? Training for life 
and for faith. If we're Christian parents, we're not just raising, raising a, a new generation of good citizens, that's a good thing to do, but the next generation of Christians, people who follow the Lord Christ. Bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. It's God-centered, Christ-centered, biblical. Whatever other culture they may have around them, your home culture, you know, ethnic culture, school, this country, whatever it is, our primary value and set of principles is this. We are Christians. Our parenting has been done in the Lord based on faith. We are disciples of Christ teaching the next generation to also be disciples of Christ. There are a number of instructions and promises through Scripture that speak to us about raising our children for the Lord. And the promises are great promises. Collect them, treasure them, pray them, obey them. Children in a Christian household need their parents to show them how to grow to be a mature Christian. Not just a mature adult, but to grow how to be a mature Christian. And that is a father's first responsibility. Now I've put it last, but lastly, love them. You might think that's obvious. Well, it is obvious. The Bible doesn't actually everywhere say, love your children, but it should be pretty plain. You're, you're wired for it, aren't you? You're wired for it. Love your wife, their mother, then love them. Love them and commend them when they do well. Be even-handed, correcting, commending. Love and correct them when they don't do well. But our Father in heaven corrects us in his love. And we are to lovingly correct. Do not let your love for them be dependent upon their doing well or not doing well. Though. Don't be withdrawing affection and attention from them because they've messed up. You need to push in. I love you. I need to, tell, I need to help you here. Never give any grounds for them to think that you do not love them. Don't give them things, or don't just give them things. Give them yourself. Give them your real time and attention. Give them a safe place in the home, in the family, to talk, to ask questions, to learn by discussion. Not just by dictation, discussion. When you read the Gospels, Jesus had to preach to crowds, but in, in the, with the disciples, it was Q&A time. Very often, he's asking them a question. They reply. He asks them another question. He asks, it's, it's discussion. And we need to discuss with our children. In fact, that was the original idea of Sabbath, a day off when you're at home with your children and you talk. Not once in the Scripture does Sabbath say, go to church. It's a day for being religious. Sabbath was defined by God as a day of rest and a day of family, when you gather and you eat and you talk. Turn the TV off to do it. Ban the devices from the table too. Finally, fathers, you who have shouldered your responsibility, applied yourself to nurturing <laughs> and training. Sorry, I've got there now. Training others and this next generation of citizens, good citizens, yes, we don't want them to be football hooligans and whatever else, but also being good Christians learning the way of faith. We applaud you today, fathers. Commend you to God for your... You'll get your medals. You'll get your commendation. 
Today is the day that many children return home to spend some time with their parents or grandparents or parents. Coming home. Is anyone coming to your home today? Yes, one or two. Okay, yeah, we've got ours coming. Some of ours coming. Okay, coming home. Let me ask you this. Is the Lord waiting for you to return home? You see, our Father lost us. We were lost from Him by our rebellion, wretchedness and sin. But He's on a rescue mission to bring us back, to bring us home. And He didn't just send out an invitation. You know, hey, so-and-so, you know, you can come back if you want to. He sent His Son to get us, to die for us, to rescue us, to restore us, and to bring us all the way. That's why Jesus is called the Savior, because we wouldn't have moved one inch. Jesus had to save us. David understood that, because he wrote that psalm, the shepherd's psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, and so on. What, how does it end? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come back and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you will be also. Those are the words I quoted to my dad in the moments that he was dying. Are you coming home today? Accepting what Jesus has done for you? Saying, I believe it, I, I thank you for it. Father, I believe in Jesus, your son. Please accept me back. I, I'm, I'm on this journey to come back home to be with you. Let's pray together, then we're going to break bread. By the way, let me just mention it here because it'll get busy in a few minutes. The end of the morning, if anybody would like someone to pray with them, if you come to this corner, just in front of the cross over here, we'll find someone to pray with you, okay? We don't do that online, on stream, but we'll do it when the live stream's finished, just after 12. If you'd like someone to pray with you, please come this way. We'll see that. We'll get, direct some people and we'll come and pray. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we commit ourselves to you. Those of us who are fathers, we, we acknowledge... We haven't always done so well, Lord, but we thank you there is forgiveness with you. We pray that you'll give us grace to, to make a better stand of it, to, to, to receive instruction, encouragement, equipping by you, Lord. You, you don't just give us instructions, this is what you need to do. You give us power, you give us energy, you give us grace, you give us help and hope. So we go to it again. And trust to do better for your name's sake and because we're depending on your supply. Father, let every household that gathers together and honors their father today be blessed with your presence. For all fatherhood comes from you. We pray for those who are feeling some sense of hurt today because their experience of fathering was not good. We pray that the Holy Spirit will remind them that they have a good, good father who is above all and in all and through all. And there is not one bit of their life that he does not care about and have purpose for. And I would pray for those who need to hear the word of God, the word of the Holy Spirit today. It's time to come home. 
that they'll respond to your invitation. And the saving work of Jesus and say, I believe I need to be your child. Receive me, Father, through Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to break bread together. If you do not have one of these little capsules, would you please...